Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Back to another episode of what's going on here. We are finally back after a lengthy, lengthy pause. But before we start all that, my name is Tomo Lovrick, or as I am known in parking uh, lot circles, Tilaf. And with me, as always, I have the kind, the talented, the fatherly, the married, the very impressive young man known as Sean Quigley or as he's known within um, spicing circles that means like where people that deal with spice or spicer circles or as he's known as dude spicer circles he's known as dude yeah no I think as in like dude oh as in dune no 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 or or in spicer circles yes not dune but just like people who like buy like peppercorns He is known as Sean Quigley there, too. Yeah, yeah, But we call him the Quig here at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm not too... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, like I said, we've been busy. We've had lots we've of We've been things. crazy busy, um, yes. As, as you could probably hear, we're on location because, like, our schedules have been that nuts that we kind of had to, like... Indeed. ...deal with on location. We did. We've, we've piggybacked each other. Uh, not literally, although I, we can do that if you want. Wow, I didn't realize we were going to be uh, this romantic already. Yeah. Well, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while, so I don't blame him. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, theatrically, I mean, because I did a show, yes. and yes. then that finished, and now you're about to yes. go in the same theater doing a different show. So yes, exactly. In fact, my rehearsal started with you having another weekend of shows. Yeah. So we're a little like cr- literally crisscrossing each other, and then, of course, all the other gigs on the sides that we had kind of picked up. So it was a good thing for us, a bad thing for the podcast, but, yeah. you know, we wanted to let you guys know we missed you, we loved you, yeah. and we often touched ourselves and thought about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sean in particular, he's, I mean, he's a really touchy-feely kind of guy to begin with, so, being English and all. That is true. I, yeah, which I, goes par for course, I believe. I need to actually, yeah, I need to think of the listeners in order to achieve any sort of... Uh, Arousement. Yes, exactly. So now that we've made it as awkward as possible, um, (laughs) for those of you who don't know our show, we watch uh, mostly little-known TV shows or movies. We watch the middle 20 minutes of it, and we try to figure out what's going on. Um, More often than not, these shows are in a foreign language, and we uh, uh, turn off the subtitles, so we have that extra layer to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, today, uh, this episode is actually episode 69, which I didn't even realize until like I pulled out the paper. And we decided to watch a Halloween. We're a little bit late. We're about a week late. But we decided to watch a Halloween horror movie. Uh-huh. And the movie was called um, Haunting on Fraternity Row. 
that like online was just like they're basically comparing it to the room. It is unintentionally hilarious because it's that bad. So, we were supposed to watch it. Sean threw us a curveball today where he came and he said, I thought, go ahead and give your explanation. I don't want to put yeah, words in your mouth. So, uh, I didn't watch it today. Uh, I didn't watch the show. Um, <laughs> uh, but I figured it would just, it would increase my bond exponentially with the listeners. With the listeners. Okay, yeah. I came into it not having watched it. Yes. Putting the onus on you yes. to explain to me yes. what was going on or at least in your opinion so I can then formulate some sort of middleman uh, interpretation of what's going on here yes. that will only make my interpretation of what's going on here that much more closer to that of the audience yes um, no. really getting into the it's really working out in on many levels see it's episode 69 yeah this works very well because I did the work, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at the same time, I'll be talking and you're just jerking me off, basically, <laughs> is what's going on here yeah, yeah. right now. So, episode 69 works perfectly. It works perfectly because this movie, Haunting on Fraternity Row, is supposed to be basically this, all of the 80s collegiate, uh, 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 you know, wild college party kind of movies, yeah. but make it a horror movie. So 69 works in there too, with all the sexual hijinks, kids doing drugs and drinking and getting high and hammered and all that stuff. Yeah. So it all works, so I'm glad this is the way it yeah. worked out the way it is. And I mentioned it to Sean right before we started recording. I actually took copious notes because I saw it last night and with all the shit going on right now for me, there's no way I was going to remember half of it because it was just that memorable. So yeah. I luckily took enough copious notes. Now, okay. the main part of the show, yeah. which I hadn't mentioned yet for those who don't know it, is we taste test various adult beverages. Beers, ciders, uh, wines, mixed drinks, whatever. We used to do restaurants as well, but we kind of ran out of restaurants in the area. And at that point, we need basically someone to pay us to do the show so yeah. we can hire somebody to go to restaurants so we can review these things. But we're not there yet. But hopefully, people, just tell 20 friends of yours about our show. And let's see if we can spread from there. And maybe, like, really get on the ball here. But anyway. 20 so, friends. People that listen to our podcast having 20 friends is already at... Well, I don't want you to be insulting right. now. They might okay. have, like, okay. lots of friends, and they're just really desperate in a dark corner, and they found our podcast, and that's the only reason they're listening. Yeah. So, you have friends. You have people who care about you. We care about you. Yeah, yeah. We just have to hope that the sort of people who listen not only have 20 friends, they're also that sort of weird person... Who isn't just going to casually bring in a conversation? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, so since we're talking about podcasts, uh, there's this podcast you should listen to. Sometimes, good. What's going on here? Uh, check it out, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay." Which is what the normal person might do, but we really need someone who's going to go the extra mile to right. be like to twenty um, people. The first thing they say when they see someone is, <laughs> "Before you do anything, I need you to get your phone out." Pause in proceedings for some uh, food arriving. That's right. I've got a uh, comically novelty uh, pizza cookie. Yeah. Um, which Whereas I've never even heard of. Tomo has actual food. I have food because um, I didn't eat yet. But yeah, so so anyway, back to the. Yes, we will get people to talk about the show. Yeah. It'll spread around. But right now, the beer, the drinks okay. are really the stars of this show. And what we're having right now is BJ's Grand Crew by the BJ's Brewery and Restaurant, which you might be able to do where we're at, kind of. But anyway, so we're trying their Grand Cru, which is a Belgian-style ale. It's 10% ABV, 
and it's got 11 IBU. So, like we do most of the shows, let's kick it off really with the taste of the beer, shall we? Indeed. Cheers, my friend. Good seeing you again. I can't help but touch time. the plate, by the way. I don't know if anyone else does this, but when you get a restaurant and the first thing someone says is, don't touch the plate, it's really hot. The you first thing the I do is touch the plate in defiance. You and know what? Now I'm putting my whole hand on you the plate. You know what? You need to send your mother a giant bouquet of flowers every week because you were that kid. Yeah. And then somebody said, don't, you'll get run over, you go play in traffic. So, yeah. flower. Cheers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice beer. It's very amber. It's um, not super carbonated. A little bit on the sweet side. But super, super smooth. Very Czechy. I can taste the Czech, the Czechoslovakian. Even though it's a Belgian beer. <laughs> it's a Belgian beer. Oops. A Grand Cru. Yeah. Yeah, you know Europeans. That's what I mean. <laughs> you mean the continental twat? Mm. Oh, oh, let me let me say properly, the continental twat. Yeah, it is. No, but it's it's that it, it's unmistakably that. European Belgium makes sense, but it's this. This could never be an American beer. This is very, no, the lack of carbonation more than anything. I think it's mm -hmm. like Americans hate uncarbonating their beers. Like it's it confuses them more than anything. I think. But but not really. I mean, a lot of the when you think about it, a lot of the uh, uh, um, uh, craft beers that we've had haven't been super big on carbonation. I guess so. I, feel like I actually expected this to be more carbonated than it is. Most people say to me when they talk about beers, or in England, they say about it being flat. That's their big thing. They're like, oh, flat beer. Like, oh, it's all flat over there. Mm -hmm. They love to go on about that flat beer. Right. Which I always, it always confuses me when they say that. Like, when people will visit, they come out and they're like, oh, all the beer is like all flat. And like, what bullshit beer were you drinking? Like, I, you walked in there and said to the guy, like, give us some of that British beer. And he purposely gave you fucking... <laughs> flat as shit. The, yeah, the, the bar. awful bitter that like, my granddad drinks. Right. Because most people in bars in England don't drink that, that stuff right. anymore. Some people do, fair enough, but they don't. Well, this is, this is a nice beer. It's tasty. A little bit on the sweet side. It is. It, it actually is reminding me a little bit almost like... Like I'm having like a a, a, a a snifter of like a cognac or something. Yeah. Like like they maybe had it in a cognac barrel or something. Yeah, you're right. And I don't know if you know somebody's gonna like call us out on it and say, well, that's how they make Grand Cru, which in which case, yeah. you know, thanks for letting me know because I don't know, but I'm not a brewer, so I couldn't tell you. But but anyway, very very tasty. And now, let's get on to. The movie, shall we? Yep. Tom Marks for the pizza cookie. If anyone wants a, if anyone's on the lookout for a pizza cookie, BJ's Brewhouse, place to be. Okay, fair enough. So, um, the movie is like we said, Haunting on Fraternity Row. Yep. It was an hour and thirty-eight long, I believe. So the middle of it is about forty-nine minutes. Okay. And it started at minute thirty-nine and watched through minute fifty-nine. And I knew it was going to be a tough watch because at one point I paused it because, like I said, I was taking notes and I was like, oh, this is already 10 minutes and it was only literally like two minutes. Oh. And I was just like, oh my God, I have another like 18 minutes oh, to slog God. through. That's a good marker. 
we've seen a lot of things that have gone by almost like really quick mm. good and we've and I know so much dross that I'm like I feel like I've watched the entire like episode right already and I'm in 10 minutes of it so the movie at the point where where I started the movie starts it's a very much a college party and and I believe it's a it's a frat is throwing a, oh that's what it was the frat is throwing a lua Oh, right. that's uh, culturally sensitive, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody could get offended about it if they want to, but, I mean, having visited Hawaii, I doubt Hawaiians will get bent out of shape over that because they're just island people and they're relaxed, and, you know, for the most, unless you're being really derogatory, they'll be like, ah, whatever, you know. I just imagine a bunch of these, like, you know, athletic white boys with their little grass skirts and their ukuleles. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. And, of course, it's in a frat house. And all the tropes are in this movie so far. They have a huge party. Uh, the guy who's, I guess, and I don't know what you would call him. Is maybe somebody would enlighten me. I, I mean, I went to college in the U.S., but I never joined a fraternity because it never appealed to me. So I don't know what the titles are, but I don't know if he was the head honcho for the fraternity. Is he the captain or lead brother? Or I don't know what the fuck you call that guy. Yeah, I know. Like, it's a weird thing in fraternity because... Is, do they have that in the college no, system in the UK? We don't have them. And I would only. They haven't been like the elite institutions. They don't call them that. Mm. But like the clubs that sort of the future, you know, leaders of the world would be part of, like the Skull and Crossbones sort of thing. Mm -hmm. In England, they have that, like the Wilmington Club, uh -huh. um, where all the prime ministers came out. But the normal colleges, we don't have them. And. There are clubs, but it's more of a social thing, you know, like Chef Club or whatever. Right, right, right. But the only reason I would ever want to join a fraternity is based on the movies I've seen making it look like it's fun because they just have parties and get drunk and stuff like Animal House. But everyone does that as a standard in England anyway. Right. And so what's the appeal? Yeah. Before, say like pre-1982, say when Animal House came out, maybe in the, what, 70s or yeah. something like that. Pre-that kind of John Hughes era right. of cinema, it baffles me what sort of person young person would actually want to join a fraternity. I don't understand it. It's like, what, we're going to be brothers? We're going to hang out in the house together? We're all going to do, you know, Greek letters and follow rules and initiate? It sounds so crazy. Like, why the fuck would you want to do that when you're in college? I mean, this is fun. Well, there's a couple of It's so Masonic. That's what it is. It's like, these are the kids of Masons and shit. Like, oh. I, well, I think that's part of it. There's that. Two, the, the, the pitch that was always given to me is like, oh, when you go to apply for a job after you're done with college, and if you find somebody who is in your fraternity, you got a better chance of getting a good job. Uh, and it's sense. all about contacts. That you makes know. sense. So, Bullshit, but it makes sense. I, well, you know what? I mean, I alienated guys right away. One kid, he was like, hey, dude, you want to pledge for my fraternity? And this was my freshman year. At, and I said in all my snarkiness, I said, no thanks, I already have a personality. And that didn't go over <laughs> very well. He just kind of looked at me blankly like he didn't understand what I was saying. So I think there was that. And I think the main reason, I mean, in all honesty, especially like since the 80s, the main reason for guys to join a fraternity is in the U.S. Yeah. is to have booze readily available for them. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's pretty much it. Because of, course, because so of the drinking drink age. 18 in England, so like, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter because you're done with high school and you can drink. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure for the same reason fraternities are not huge in Canada. Yeah. Because oh, you're still drinking age lower as well. 18, I believe. Oh. Or 19. 18 or 19. That'd be weird. 19. But that's what I did in the U.S. first. Oh, yeah? When, when, I, ca when I came to the U.S. in 85, soon thereafter, at least in New York State, and I don't know about nationwide, it went from the drinking age used to be 18, and then they raised it to 19. And I remember, like, turning, I, I think I, like, had turned 14 or something. I was like, oh, come on, are you fucking kidding me now? Like, I'm a year closer and I can legally buy a beer. Because in the former Yugoslavia, there was, there was no drinking age thing. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> and I mean, part of it is because it's a communist country and there, there's not a whole lot of jobs and there's not a whole lot of industry and there's nothing to do to entertain yourself with. As an 11-year-old, you start drinking and smoking. Yeah. Like, literally. And I'm not even, this is not hyperbole. This is, this is just what you did. It's like, once you turned 11, that was the thing to do. And I mean, I remember when I was 11, I started smoking. Because everybody just did it. Yeah. You know, some of the kids didn't, but you did it. Because, like, for whatever... For whatever reason, like fifth grade was the year where you were kind of established as now you're start now you're on your way to adulthood, the age of eleven. For whatever reason, yeah, don't know why, but that was it. And it was like by the time you finished like eighth grade, you already like if you if you're not going on to high school, you you should be apprenticed to somebody, yeah, to have you know learn a skill, have a career, whatever it is. And I mean the high schools there were split up by. Uh, 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 vocation already so when you went to high school you know you went to if you wanted to be a doctor you went to medical high school and you, you applied and tried to get you know if you wanted to be an engineer there was an engineering high school if you wanted to be you know a hotelier you know or in the like restaurant industry or something there's this high school for that the toughest yeah. school to get into was the math and um, computer science school like for that you really had to, you know they had a, uh, a science school that was for chemistry and physics and then after that you went off to college and then the way college worked was basically here are the classes take the classes there's no performing arts high school there probably was but i didn't know anything of it because yeah. you know my parents came yeah. from nothing so it, it was never about that it was always about like you got to study and be a doctor or a lawyer or I some shit was like that. that tv show the croatian performing arts that would high school set in communist. I, let, let, me, let me tell you something. Think of whoever the just weirdest, like out there method, Jared Leto like <laughs> school compatriots that you had, and think of that plus weirder being in the former Yugoslavia. Yeah. Because like the artists were taking very seriously. Oh yeah. Like art was like really. Um, authors, you know, uh, guys who wrote books, yeah. sculptors were huge, like almost like cults of personality. Well, I guess they have to because in order for communism to thrive, you need uh, it relied very heavily on these guys to get the propaganda. But it wasn't. It wasn't even. No, no, no. It wasn't even. It wasn't even like necessarily related politically. Oh, okay. These were just guys, and a lot of them, the writers and the sculptors and the painters, yeah. they were before the advent of communism. You know, communism kind of took over the country in 45, yeah. but before that, there was still a large, thriving artistic community, you know, okay. especially because half of what was formerly Yugoslavia was uh, part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, right? Before World War I. Yeah. And then there was this whole kind of just uh, 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 ethnic awakening 
and the Slavs were they kind of like took on a little more of the like, hey, why, why do we need Western Europe to approve of us? We have plenty of smart people, we have plenty of artistic people, we have plenty of talented people. It was kind of one of those things. Maybe if the Austro-Hungarians took art a little less seriously and were a little less up their bum about it, perhaps we'd have had no uh, World War Two. Maybe. Hitler, or World War One. Just let Hitler be. Uh, an artist like he wanted to. Okay, Roll Doll, I think you need to settle down right now. <laughs> so we have them to blame for taking their art too seriously and rejecting him in art school and then getting a rude chip on his shoulder. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you bring it up and taking art seriously, let's go back to this movie. <laughs> so, like I was saying earlier, all the tropes are here. It's a frat house, and the square footage that this frat house has to have in order to accommodate all these kids that are at this party, just a backyard, is a little bit mind-boggling. Now, you've been to my house, and I have a fairly decent yard. Yeah. This yard in this frat house is easily three times the size of my yard. You know, my yard is nothing huge, yeah. especially because my wife loves gardening, so there's tons of, like, trees and bushes and whatever, but it's got a nice-sized lawn, it's plenty of room to play around, especially with little kids, whatever. This had big slides, like, bouncy house kind of stuff and of course booze is being sprayed everywhere the kids are oiling oiling themselves rap music is playing so it's turning into like a rap video this is literally well let me start at the beginning where I started watching it it starts with a guy who's obviously a jock because he's not wearing a shirt and has the grass skirt like you correctly surmised he would have yeah, yeah. yeah and some girl is talking to him and he's apparently he's like I gotta go after them, and I don't know who he's talking about. And she says, "You can't. They're attached at the hip." And he says, "Join twins." Hmm. I think you're thinking through too hard about it. <laughs> anyway, she says something like, "They're attached at the hip," and she said something else. And he looks back at her. He says, "Oh, thanks." And she's kind of this. She's kind of good looking, but maybe a little bit heavy. Like, all these tropes aren't there. But she's kind of pining for him and telling him he's being stupid. He goes off. And there's a kid in a bunny costume. Like, fully with the bunny head on. He says, so, hey, so, you want to come back with me and, and, and get it on with me? And she literally just, like, pushes him in his head. She's like, get lost, freak. And as she walks away, his line is, I didn't hear a no. So right off the bat, it's very rapey. Great. Right. The second you had a guy concealed in a full costume where you can't see who the guy is, I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to get some mistaken identity, some rapey stuff going on. <laughs> and mind you, this movie was made in 2018. So this is after me too, okay? So anyway. So then, um, yeah, you see a bunch of girls in bikinis oiling themselves. And then one or two kind of just like pulls the bra apart for the, for the camera's sake. And there's a dude, and he looks like he's either Latino or Indian. He's oiling himself down. And then a bunch of these girls lay down on the lawn, and he, like, really oils himself up. And he's thin. He's not big. He's not fat, but he's, like, sort of defined. You know, that kind of in-between, I'm fit and I'm flabby kind of thing, but he's skinny. That kind of thing. So he oils himself like up. oily Mowgli. Go with it. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. look, kind of like Mowgli. greasy Aladdin, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. 
because th those are correct descriptions. Yeah. You really just described the actor who was doing this. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Right. So <laughs> the girls all lie down on the lawn, yeah. and he goes running and jumps on them like a slip and slide. Uh -huh. And of course, I feel bad for the first girl that he lands on because she must have been just like knocked. Yeah. And um, he's pulling himself across the top of them, and the girls are slapping him and all laughing at him. And it's all very much a big like college party thing. Like, okay. Then they show big like slides, like bouncy house slides that these girls are sliding down on. They're super wet. It's nighttime, mind you. So I can't help but think like, this has to be Florida or Southern California because otherwise everyone's freezing to death and dying of pneumonia. Okay? So they show two girls coming down a slide and one, of course, has her like, again, her bikini top pulled down. And I'm like, okay. Like, it's very much in the vein of the 80s hijinks movies, a little bit like Revenge of the Nerds, you know, where any movie that related to teenagers had gratuitous boobs in it, like back in the 80s. You go through all of them, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, um, Last American Virgin, just all these things. So, there they go. The, oh, there's the a scene. lot of grandmas out there whose claims to fame is that their tits were in a film in the 80s. Probably. I, I, I mean, honestly. I mean... What, what, what's this? Gene Simmons' wife. She was famous for it. Because she was a Playboy model. And she was in that movie, Hot Dog, the movie. Oh, I did not see that. <laughs> they, for whatever reason in the 80s, they tried to make a, pretty much the same movie about every possible uh, 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 um, occupation and or, what's the word I'm looking for? hobby that you could have. Yeah, yeah. So Hot Dog the Movie was like Police Academy. Yeah. All the misfits that don't know what they're doing and the other guys are trying to get them kicked out. And Hot Dog the Movie was about guys that like worked a, a ski mountain and who's gonna end up in control of the ski mountain and have all the jobs. Because they get the cushy jobs yeah. and all the other freaks get the shitty jobs. And she was in it. And she famously, because this was before she married Gene Simmons, but she was a Playboy model so she took her top off so this is my long-winded way of agreeing with you that yes there is a grandma out there who showed her tits in the 80s movie oh, yeah. because i'm sure gene simmons is a grandfather at this point oh I, yeah i think he's probably i mean his kids probably have kids at this point he's got a lot of kids i think all right see well he, i think he has two or three kids he slept with, with her he slept with like everybody like that, two thousand people i think he's, he claims to slept with like uh, it's just like an obscene number of people yeah well, he was in Kiss. Yeah. I mean, pretty much any rock band in the 70s and 80s was just sleeping with everybody. Yeah. And he's a bassist, so it's not like he had to practice. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, uh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Gene Simmons, Grandma's Kids, Tits. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So then, <laughs> this one killed me. So, as all these scenes are being showed, everything's being done in kind of a, in a, not a super slow motion, but in a slow motion with hip-hop music banging in the background big heavy drums very much looking like a hip-hop video yeah. that a bunch of suburban kids put together this is what this movie so far looks like and at one point they show a bunch of girls just laughing at a guy and somebody's pouring a can of beer and then and I don't know if it's the same person or another person has a blower like a leaf blower yeah blowing full speed so as the beer comes out it gets sprayed on everybody there and they're all laughing and getting wet and having a good time. And all I could think of is, 
there wasn't something that smells better that you could have done that with. Uh, like maybe champagne uh, or even I was, wine. I was I'm, I'm so old that the idea of someone spraying beer, I'm like, oh god, that sounds like such a great idea, but it's never. Think of the mess, the stickiness all night. Oh, everyone's gonna need a shower. Well, well, that's a shower. Everyone's gonna need to get fucking decontaminated. Well, not a shower, dude. You gotta run through some UV lights and. Get, you, you're gonna be sterile if you're gonna be clean after this fucking party. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but like I said, the worst part is like, old beer always tastes, smells, tastes, well, tastes too. Old beer smells like piss. Yeah. That's why like when you go into these bars and you go into the bathroom, it yeah. smells awful because there's drippy beer, nasty, and you know, it's not like good, rich, fragrant beer. It's shit beer. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of shit you get a six pack for two dollars. That's the kind of shit beer that, they're like, what? And like I said, I don't know who the filmmakers are. And again, we've done this with so many movies before that we've seen all I could do in those first like three minutes is going like just from a filmmaker side of it how did you get money for this who gave you money for this so this is the 39th minute I'm three minutes in nothing is happening like at this point everything should come to a climax the middle 20 minutes in a movie you figure because then you have like a half an hour this sounds like the opening 10 minutes Right, exactly. And yeah, if this was Scream, there's already like three dead people by now. Right, there, right. There are parties in <laughs> And honestly, so far nothing's happened. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Yeah, they're blowing the beer on the kids. Okay. So the guy who's, I guess, the head honcho in the fraternity, is in a throne, and he has a girlfriend who's sitting on his lap, and he's again. In a grass skirt with a shirt off. Again, flawless body kind of stuff, right? All these guys that more worried about their appearance than you. Know, but he's probably a jock, whatever. Taking a sip of beer here. So he's talking to his girlfriend, and they're talking about the future, and she's just like, oh, what about this? What about that? And he's saying, like, yeah, okay, maybe whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're talking, and then a bunch of girls come in. And the girl who's the queen, his girlfriend, and he's like, hi. And she's like, ew, what are those fucking scams from KBZ doing here? <laughs> and of course, I guess this is the sorority name, but like when first she said KBZ, I was kind of like, the news station on the West Coast? What? Oh, no, there's one letter missing. Okay, never mind, right? And she says, I can't believe you said fucking hi to him. He's like, I'm the host. I'm supposed to be hospitable. She's like, no, fuck that. And he's like, you fucking slept with her? And he's like, this is before I met you. And I was getting so many flashbacks from college because my ex-girlfriend was basically this girl, literally. Like, I remember going to walk into class and there was another girl that was in my art class with me. We were in in painting together. And she comes up and she said, oh, hey, how you doing? Now, to be fair, she was just gorgeous. And of course, like, she would just walk up to me and start chatting me up. There's no way I'm just going to be like, you need to fuck off because I have a girlfriend somewhere. You know, it's like, no, 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 I'm talking to you. You know, nothing else is happening, but I'm definitely talking to you. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm 20 years old, 19 years old. You know, it's like I'm talking to a good looking woman. You know? oh, yeah. And apparently my girlfriend was with her friends behind me. So we were walking right in front of the library. And the girl says like, well, you know what? I got to go get some books on something else. I'll see you in class. I said, yeah, sounds good. And then my girlfriend comes out and like, <laughs> literally, I was like, oh. What's up, baby? And her first words are literally like, who the fuck was that? And I was just like, like the insecurities of kids at that age. And I was just like, 
uh, that was a girl that's in a class with me. Like, literally, that's all the contact we've had. She doesn't live on campus. She commutes into college. That's it, literally. And she just about had this fucking hissy fit meltdown that I was talking to this girl. And so when I saw this girl behave that way, I was just like, is it 1993? What? 92? Why, why am I in this? Why am I in this thing right now? This is really bothering. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So, um, so what you find out then is all of the pledges, appropriately enough, are on duty to make sure all the little things are being taken care of around the frat house while the party's going on. So one of the pledges runs up to one of the guys and he says, all the ice has melted in the kegs in the basement. And he goes, what do you mean? He says, all the ice is gone. It's all melted. And you go downstairs and the basement has, it's a small basement. There's a big hole in the basement that looks like someone took an old brick chimney and put it sideways. It's like lined with like almost like cobblestones, like a four foot hole. And you're like, okay, this is a horror movie. I already see where the horror is happening because there's this giant hole in the basement wall. And there's, you know, the lighting is bad in the basement. And the, the, the kid who's like the senior like guy in the frat, one of the senior guys. Just said, a mysterious hole in the basement? Just a hole, like with the, with the cardboard thing around it. And of course, all these like juvenile drawings of like oh. women's figures and whatever on the walls over here. And um, that's almost like, it's, it's like a step away from the dusty leather bound book. It's like a step away from like the dusty leather bound book with strange runes on it that no one can decipher. It's like, man, we just use it to keep beer on. Nobody's ever opened this book. You're not far. You're not far from it. See, I could tell you've seen these movies before, but you're not far from it. But anyway. wait, hey, John, he took Latin, pre-Latin. Come over here. What do you make of this? He's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, guys, I don't think we should be opening this book. This is some pretty evil stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so he brings the guy down. Then I later find out that guy's name is Doug. And Doug's a nervous fellow with Doug a baseball a cap on. Yeah. So he sends the plea, the whatever, the pledge. He says, all right, you, you got to go get a bunch of ice. Go, 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 go. And the basement floor is wet. And he hears something knock. And he goes, who's there? And there's literally like six feet between him and the back of the basement wall. Or what looks like the back of the basement wall. And there's a, 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 a rack, like a storage rack there that they have like detergent and stuff. There's laundry machines down there, like a laundry machine and a dryer, that kind of stuff. And mind you, the whole thing is being filmed like it's a documentary. And what I find out later, what I realize later as I'm watching is the frat members are all either filming themselves or they're getting the pledges to film the luau because it's going to be that memorable. Doug is now downstairs in the basement by himself. He hears a noise. He says, who's there? Is anybody in here? The basement is off limits. And I'm just listening here. And he's just standing there. And I'm like, what? And like I said, somebody's filming him, which I didn't realize at the time. And then he turns around and it looks like a big shadow is on the back wall, shows up and then disappears. And the kid with the bunny suit is on the stairs. And because you hear a sound, you hear a kind of like high pitched sound. And the guy jumps out of his skin. He's a fucking asshole. He's like, Whippets, I love him, man. And the kid is like, has a balloon and he's doing Whippets. 
and apparently he's one of the frat guys brother and I I haven't confirmed it yet because I didn't see that far off but I think he's the first guy that was in the first scene that said he's going after the other he's going after somebody else and the chick said they're attached at the hip okay. I think that's his little brother who's now in the fraternity too he does a whippet thing and somebody films it and they show him he's now getting drunk he's getting high the kid in the bunny suit very freckly faced and he's just like again it's this montage uh, 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 um, just of, of kids partying you know doing whatever okay we go away from buddy boy now and we go to a new couple there's a girl she I, says I guarantee already if we've reached this far into the movie and nothing has happened yet as far as like people haven't died and we're only at this point where there's a whole bunch of serious the first 20 minutes of this movie was set 10 15 years in the past probably the 80s mm-hmm. maybe so longer 30 years and it was a similar party set things going on huh? and then some shit happens mm-hmm. and then some bad stuff goes on let's do it in the basement in the hall we don't know what goes on and it gets swept under the rug and then the house sits empty for like five years until one day someone's like why don't we use that house for fred house and they're like oh no one's used that in like 13 years like, this one's good and they're like it's super cheap why is it so cheap and like i don't know why you you should be a writer for this movie yeah, because that's, you, that's why we've got to this point nothing's happened yet because that's the preamble into this that's that but yeah i'm i'm pretty sure you're 120 percent <laughs> right yeah 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 so now there's a new couple it's a girl and she's very much the wholesome I'm here to party and have a good time, but I'm not crazy. I'm not going to, you know, do coke and take it in the pooper or anything like that, you know. So, one or the other, guys. One, or the, one other. or the other, yeah. Don't do two. That's crazy. My mother said I, I shouldn't be a whore. I'll do one or the other. Okay? Right. So she goes to this guy, and he looks like he's a, either a Latino guy or a biracial guy. And she starts talking to him, and he tells her, and he's like, well, what are you going to do after college? So they're both seniors. And she says, well, I have a friend who's a politician and, you know, I figured I'd get into politics kind of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, great. It's Mitch McConnell's uh, uh, secretary. <laughs> so, um, and the guy says, oh, I got into med school. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. He said, I haven't told anybody yet. The dean just called me today and I got into med school. So it's like, okay. And um, this guy's name, I find out, is Jason. Okay. Jason's going to med school. So these two are talking and right away my feeling is this is going to be the redeemable couple yeah. that you know either tries to save everybody or they get something happens so jason goes uh, uh, uh upstairs and this dude who's in the basement earlier with the melted ice he says dude you gotta watch this and he's smoking a, a freaking doobie that's fatter than his pen and that's like already down to like a nub you know he said, you gotta watch this video. And he says, what video? And it's the video of the kid doing the snippets. And that's what I realized, like, well, how did they get, oh, somebody's taking video of all of this stuff. And he says, look right there. And you see in the video that there's a shadow shows up behind the kid with the snippets. And the guy says, I'm, I'm looking for the prank video. Where's the prank video? And I guess they pulled a prank on the pledges and that's the video that he wants to show. He's like, dude, you're smoking too much weed. You're getting paranoid. We're supposed to have a good time. You know, this is our big, like, goodbye party. Come on, man. Get your shit together. It's like, uh, it's like uh, I, I don't want to, like, listen to what you're saying. And the guy says, like, what was I really good at? What was the only class I got A's in? This is Doug saying it to Jason. Jason's going to med school. Doug is the one from downstairs that got spooked. 
and Jesus says, religious studies. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking ancient cryptozoology. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Religious studies, like paranormal. Wasn't it paranormal uh, activity? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Right. Parapsychology is my degree. It's Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> so he says, "All right, we'll check something out." And they go downstairs. Now everybody's like, "There's another basement for some reason," and everybody's in it. And the guy who sat on the uh, on the throne earlier with the crown was about to sit. He said, "But before we start, I just want to make an announcement. My boy Jason got into med school." And everybody's like, "Woo!" Everyone's partying and having a good time. And he goes to plug it in, and, and I forget what he says, he plugs it in, and the whole basement turns into black lights. Yeah. And everyone's got various neon and whatever, <laughs> and so it's supposed to be this like creepy, you know, and people with just like these skeleton masks and whatever. It's like, okay, fine, that happens. The kid in the bunny suit is hammered and going around, and he's taping himself, leaving a message for his parents and saying how much he loves it here, and he can't wait to like party every weekend and telling his parents he loves him and now he's gonna go do a line of blow and i'm like i'm sure every parent wants to hear that and then as he's taping he all like he's gonna throw up and he runs into the bathroom and the bathroom in the frat house for whatever, for whatever reason is set up like a stall in a restaurant and i'm just like i don't know of any house house that has these but i guess this has been established before and it literally looks like in a locker room at a gym. This is what the stall looks like. And the guy falls down, he passes out, and there's like puke on him, and the camera's like in the corner, falls behind the toilet. Because this is what helped me realize that somebody's filming and they all have cameras, because I'm like, did the cameraman fall behind the toilet? Like I couldn't put two together, like why is the cameraman behind the toilet kind of thing? And then the toilet's like that, because this used to be a a sanatorium. (laughs) Right, exactly. Or a vomitorium in yeah. Roman times. So, so anyway, so he has vomit on his shirt, and some girl walks in. You don't see her head; you just see her, and she's kind of buxom and like sexy looking or whatever. And she's like, "Oh, ew!" And she just walks in and takes pictures of the guy. And now he's kind of like lying on his side, kind of almost like passed out. And then all of a sudden, you see like a dark shadow show up in the mirror, and then the dark shadow just dissipates into him, almost like nanites like going into his body and I'm like alright and it's funny too because it started with him and then he was another scene I'm like bunny boy is going to tie everything together Yeah, because they're just focusing on him way too much okay great so the girl takes the picture he gets the, 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 the demon spirit whatever goes into him all the lights in the basement go out and everyone's like, what's going on? And people are like, ah, ah. And people are coming out and they're having like random like bruises on their back and like a stab in their feet. And somebody's got like a bloody nose. And it's kind of like, and everyone's like, don't worry about it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna go check out. So now Jason, Doug, and their pledge who's filming them is Wiggles for whatever reason. They go into the creepy basement that Jason was in before with the big hole that looks like as literally nothing else but a big cornhole. That, that's what it looks like. I like to think of it as a big, uh, it is a um, demon glory hole. Just like, where you just go too close and have a big old demon dick just comes out like, oh, oh. That's kind of what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're on the same wavelength here, yeah. which is really not a surprise for anyone. They're looking for the circuit breaker, okay? Or he's saying the fuse box, and I'm like, this is 2018. There is no fuse box. Like somebody at some point changed this into a circuit breaker. If there's a fuse box, you got issues. Anyway, but it's supposed to be an old house, and the hole is creepy, and you know people, uh, that, was, that was just cold storage, because people used cold back in the day. So this is supposed to be like from the 1800s. But earlier when he was talking about how he got A in religious studies, he found out shit that happened in that house years and years and years and years ago. All right. And it showed some guy that looked like a professor and something about him killing like 18 kids. Right. Like you described perfectly. Yeah. 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 So they're looking for the circuit box. I love how this shit always just, in these films, it just goes so under the radar. They're like, oh yeah, remember that time that doctor killed 18 kids? I'm like, wait a second, roll back. How many people did Ted Bundy kill? Like, how the fuck is this small town forgot this weird little tale? <laughs> and why has this house not been razed to the ground yeah. and burnt? <laughs> right, right. So. <laughs> America, because Americans are so caught up on that shit. Like, I mean, if it was me, I'd, all, I'd be all about that house. I'd right. be like, yeah, I'm looking for the... The rapey murder houses around here. Who's got? Because that's the ones I want. Good value for money. Because that's typically where typically Americans like are all up on that. <laughs> right. Doug and Jason are looking for the the fuse box, and he's like, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's here. And so my first thing is like, you've lived in this fucking house for four years, and you don't know where the fucking panel is. Yeah. Something at some point had to be changed, and somebody had to like turn off a. a, a or take out a fuse, or turn up a circuit. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I remember that. I remember people at you know college at that time. I, it wouldn't surprise me if people were spending like a whole year just with the lights off in one room, just being <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It went off one day, and I kept turning the switch. It wouldn't come back on, and I don't care. So he tries to open the first door. Nothing's there. He's like, I seem to remember this being here. He goes to open up the second door, and one of these little half height balloon clowns comes out and it makes you kind of jump out of the skin and he jumps out of his skin and everybody jumps out of the skin he gets pissed off and he slaps the clown around so he goes maybe it's back here so he goes behind the the the, the storage uh, uh, rack that i told you about earlier and it's super dark there and doug goes back there of course his battery starts like zonking out and wiggles is filming everything and Jason turns back and looks at Wiggles, and all of a sudden there's this demonic face behind Jason. Yeah. And Wiggles freaks out, drops the camera, falls down, screaming. They all start screaming. He says, what the hell happened? Like, there was something behind you. What was behind you? I don't know, but it was there. And they look at the video. Nothing is there. Yeah. Of course. Okay. So, uh, um, all of a sudden they come around the corner, and there's big... And somehow the lights, I guess, come back on, and there's a big shining light coming out of the creepy hole in the basement so they go in to investigate and the room is every kind of light fixture you can imagine is mounted in this little like six by six room six feet like eight feet tall yeah that's supposed to be a cold storage thing like mounted in the walls like at foot intervals all over the ceiling like it literally easily 30 lights in there yeah. and he's like and doug looks at jason like what am i telling you bro and he's like, all right, this is weird, but, you know, we'll find out what happens. But, you know, somebody designed this maybe as a prank. He says, and Doug says, or maybe to make sure no shadows ever show up in here. 
<laughs> right. Right. What? That's like the it's like it's it's like the craziest that's it doesn't even make sense that in a way. Because it's like Well don't forget Doug was trying to show him the shadow in the video. I know, but like but like you can, never would but it would be a shadow because you got like like I mean unless Shadows only happen when there's a light source anyway, so technically you wanted to get rid of all shadows, you'd have no lights. Well the point is it's so bright in there that you can barely see a shadow. That that that's that's the Yeah. So anyway. So now just don't go in the fucking room. So Whatever. now it goes back to the guy from the initial scene. The one that was going to chase up whoever. He's goes after he's talking to two chicks and I guess they're supposed to be lesbians. And he's doing blow with them. So he's like, girls, you, you having fun at the party? And they're like, yeah, do you want to do another line? And they're like, sure. And he does the line. And this is his line after he does the line. And it's literally written by like a 15-year-old, this script. And the guy says to the girls, he goes, let's be honest. Oh, God. <laughs> right. He says, let's be honest. And I was just like... What the fuck? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? So, he, you know, so this is basically, let's be honest, we're here to, uh, uh, um, to, to try and get each other's pants. It almost sounds like it was written by a computer. Like we have a computer program, like a random generated movie script. The computer just you know what? Maybe this. it was, what's his face? Tommy Wiseau wrote this. Maybe. <laughs> They start making out on the bed and the girls start shoving each other. And he's like, ladies, come on, there's enough for me to go around. You know, all very cliche, all of it. And he start, he puts cocaine on a girl's shoulder and like one girl starts like giving him a hummer. You don't see her. And the other girl goes to make out with him, but he's like doing blow off her shoulder. And he breathes out and the blow kind of drifts away and then lands on a face in front of him. And he freaks out and jumps into the back of the room and the one girl that's on the bed that was going to make it, like, what did you do? Use your teeth? Never use your teeth. And then I was like, I didn't use my teeth. I know what I'm doing. And there's this, like, you don't know how to do a blowjob conversation going on. Yeah. He's like, no, the fucking thing. You didn't see the fucking thing. thing. And then what you see is he has a cup, like a very random cup that looks like the covenant of the cup of the covenant from the last crusade literally like just a little bit bigger but it's almost the same cup and then the two girls leave him because he's acting like a freak and then we go downstairs and Doug is at the downstairs bar and somehow now he has the cup oh the dude comes down with the cup he's like and he says something and they're all like that's fucking weird why is it being so weird and then Doug takes the cup and he sees shit is written on the cup and a girl sits next to Doug and she asks for sangria. And that's the 20 minutes. Wow. So, so we are literally an hour into the movie. Yeah, yeah. And short of a couple of scares and a couple of bruises, nothing has happened. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a very. Uh... Now I'm extra pissed that you made me fucking tell the story yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How does that get made? How does, I mean. And let me tell you something. The, technically speaking, 
The lighting was good. Yeah. The camera work was good. They had a budget. Yeah. They had pros on this set. Yeah. And in the, in the article when I was reading about it on Google, they were saying how like the acting was so atrocious. Yeah. The acting was bad, but it wasn't atrocious. It wasn't like the room kind of acting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, uh, all right. You know, I mean, quite frankly, I've seen acting like that on TV shows on the networks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, it's bad acting all the time. It's bad acting. And to be perfectly honest, like, yeah, there's bad acting all over the place, but you oh, you just don't see it because of good editors. So if anything, whenever I see a movie where people say it's bad acting, it's more likely in my eyes, I'm like, well, it's just not very well edited. Or the director didn't take enough takes of something like... Because it's, it's almost impossible these days to see a bad performance in a film unless something crazy was going on. Because you can just edit around a bad performance. Well, that's what... I was thinking about that earlier today. All, the shitstorm that has to happen behind the scenes yeah. for the movie to be bad. Because, I mean, quite frankly, this movie, like any other movie, or any one of these uh, 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 acting endeavors, whether it's theater, TV, movie, video, whatever, they all start out with a vision yeah. to be corny. And it's not necessarily the vision that the guy who wrote it or directs it has it in mind originally. Yeah. And then they go with it. And then in the end, it's sort of, it's rare where it like perfectly matches what the director wanted all the way. Okay? Yeah. More, more often than not, it's the middle of the road, especially when, you're, when big money's involved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The studios want, they're just in, the, in there to make money. They don't give a shit about art, honestly. They're, that's their job. That's their description. They're there to make money. Uh, big theater, big Broadway theater, they're kind of the same way. They want a product, but they want to make money. And not to say that their acting is bad or anything, it isn't. But they have a little more leeway with making sure whoever goes up on stage, because you can't edit. Yeah. So you can't be a shitty actor, because it's there for everybody to see. But a lot of these things, sometimes they work out even better than the director envisioned, because either the actors are really good, I mean, movies like this and like having been behind the scenes and seeing like how all these things work, it just makes me think when you see something that's really bad, it's something somewhere behind the scenes had to have been so awful, yeah. whether the director just didn't give a shit or the stars are throwing hissy fits or the producers throwing hissy fits or whatever. And it's just the situation is so untenable that everybody just goes through the motions to try and fucking finish guess, the project. I guess it comes down to the director, because I guess it comes down to the vision. I mean, like, in theory, a good director, any director, really, but definitely a good director, has a vision for every scene, how mm. it should play out. And in theory, all the actor's job is to do is to embody the director's vision of how that scene should be. Mm. So if you therefore get a scene come out looking shitty, right. not good, Either the director's vision was not right, not good, and a good director would be able to realize on the fly, like, oh, this isn't going to work the way I envisioned it, we're going to have to change it. Right. So either they just didn't, or the actor was unable to, you know, do it. Like, I guess maybe if you have a really low budget, you don't have a lot of money, and you're like, we have two takes. Right. Two takes, and they're like, they're both shit. Great. Okay, move on. Like that, maybe that's how it's made. Right. Like, I literally don't have the time or money to run this scene, you know, 
as much as we need to. Right. I, I'm not Stanley Kubrick. I can't just keep running this until it gets perfection. Like, that's it. I have right. timeline. We need to go to the next scene. That's it. We're right. going to have to find it in the edit. Right. Well, I mean, I've said this before. My friend who's a director, he said he'd seen, like, Oscar performers that they've, like, been nominated for Oscars, and he's seen the raw footage that wasn't edited. And yeah. he said he sat there with his mouth agape at just how bad they were yeah, yeah. in the scene. And all it takes is like, well, listen, the whole speech doesn't have to be there. He just has to take the first sentence to kind of match the face. And like I said, the editing in TV and, and film, editing is king. Yeah. You get a good editor, they can fix almost anything. Oh yeah, you got your multi-camera setup. The second you got multi-camera in there, like that's your lifesaver because you can just right cut between all over the place to get the right performance. Right. If you need to. Right. Looking at this movie, I'm sitting there again, and it's kind of like, what was it, uh, um, Exeter that we watched? Oh, yeah. Same thing. It's like, well, I can think of is some dude just did an eight ball of coke and had like an extra $3 million in his pocket and <laughs> went down frat row, literally. So like, you guys want to make a movie? Here you go. Yeah. Go for it. Like I said, it was 59 minutes in, nobody dead yet, in a horror movie. How is this a horror movie? I, 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 honestly, I don't know. I mean, we, we're just obviously ignorant to it. There's something going on here. You, you, these bargain bin movies that come out now, even, that will have Nicolas Cage in, or Nick Nolte, all the Nicks, they'll just be starring in it. They'll be in it for 30 seconds, but they'll be the front face on the film. Right. And it'll be in like Best Buy in the bin for like a dollar, and it came out this year. And yes. it's like, yes. you know, the death, USSS death ship 4. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, but it got made. They made three of them already. They're in the fourth. Like, <laughs> it's making money. I, I don't know how it's making it. There's no for a dollar in the bargain bin. What am I missing? Something's happening here. Maybe it's overseas. Maybe they sell overseas, it. Yeah. Maybe it's shit here. Yeah. But overseas it makes a lot of money. Maybe like China or India, they well, lap this up. Well, think about it. I mean... If they, oh, I didn't tell you, my uh, my Punjabi uh, rap video came out. Oh, Did yeah? I tell you? No. I'm, I'm a star in a Punjabi rap video. Wow. And they were very kind to me. Yeah, I did. If you remember last year when I was working on uh, The Whale and the Dog Star, uh -huh. I did a video shoot. And it was a Punjabi rap video star. And I was like his like main gangster guy. And in the end of the movie, I shoot everybody. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And okay. like... It had 1.3 million views. Wow. Right. <laughs> I was in a video that had 1.3 million views. I was like, wait a minute, what? And his name is Sonny. That's an ex extremely weird thing to think that many people have seen you on, in a video, though. Yes, if they watch all the way to the end, they, they definitely yeah. saw me. It's the video for, hold on, it's loading. Sonny Patwalia, official video, Deep Jandu. Oh. 1.3 million views. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that maybe answers the question of these shitty movies. It's like the Asian market. Well, well think about so many it. people out there. Well, well you know, uh, the guy who coordinated, who actually got me the gig, it's like a lot of people have seen this, and I showed it to my wife and said, 1.3 million views. I said, yeah, but that's India. That's like, you know, Teenage so I, yeah, yeah, here, yeah. you know, because it's 1.3 million people. Yeah. In a country of 1.4 billion, yeah. what's that? Nothing. Yeah. But like you said, if you get this bargain basement freaking film, and let's say they drop, I don't know, 
20 million on a budget, 50 million on a budget. They pay Nicolas Cage or Nick Nolte or Gary Drug Abusey. Maybe they get all the invest maybe like all the money is coming in through companies or people who are using their investment in the movie to somehow like offset some other expense or something like and that's how it happens they're just like they get a bunch of people who need to invest in a movie for some sort of spurious reason to have invested in something the producers is not a movie out of a vacuum yeah you <laughs> know exactly maybe that is exactly the business right because think of all the crap movies that they have yeah and i mean let's face it when they have these i mean tarantino when he started his movies were shit budget I mean, that was like famously John Travolta, who, even though he was like kind of out of the public eye for years at that point, when he took Pulp Fiction, he famously just said, I'll take like, it was either 250 grand or something like that. Yeah. That's all he got paid for it. Yeah. Which even like, um, which I believe for his statue, you know, in, in the union or whatever, was like bare minimum. Yeah. Because he was technically one of the leads. Well, Bruce Willis was the star of that movie. It's weird, you forget it now, looking at it, but he was the name. Like, that was post Die Hard 1 and 2 had come out by the time Publishing came out. Yeah. Like, he was the biggest name in that movie. Bruce Willis was the star, but it's funny, you look back at it and you think, John Travolta, yeah, Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson yeah. and, like, all these people, but he was the... Harvey Keitel? Yeah, Bruce Willis was the... Yeah, he was... The star name. Yeah, yeah, at that, that time, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be a simple, something as simple as... Like you said, it's like, okay, so we made this movie for $50 million. Like I said, we paid either Nicolas Cage or Nick Nolte or Gary Drug Abusey. We gave them $2 million. Yeah. We had $40 million to spend on the rest of it. Everyone else in the cast was making $1,000 a day. Yeah. Union minimum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you, you've never seen them before or heard after them again. Like, usually in, the, in these movies. Yeah. And uh, so it does shit. It goes directly to video. But how much does it cost to print a DVD? Oh, no, nothing. Nothing to these guys, the big houses. Or they put it out digitally nowadays, so even less money. And like you said, send it to the Asian market. Yeah. So, you know, eight, 10 million kids saw it in India for a dollar. Yeah. yeah. That's $10 million. Yeah. yeah. You know, another 10 million kids saw it in, in China. That's another 10 million dollars, you know. You put in 200,000 kids saw it in Russia, in Australia, in South Africa, in the UK, in Sweden, in US, Canada, Brazil. Next thing you know, yeah. you know, because like you said, they, 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 uh, they, they bit the bullet and they paid Nicolas Cage like $2 million, but you know, rest of the world, everyone's like, oh, Nicolas Cage, yeah, that's a star. Because they're not privy to the everyday paparazzi in the U.S. that we get. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, you can speak to that more than I can because of the difference between the U.K. and here. You know, I mean, how many U.K. stars that are huge in the U.K., like, you, they come to the U.S. and everyone's like, who the fuck is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just one of those things. So, like I said, I don't know how they make the movies, but they do. They do indeed. Yeah, so. they, they do. No idea why. Alright, so we can probably wrap this one up before we uh, 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 decide what's going on here. Uh -huh. Shall we do the beer? 
great yeah. group. What did you think? Uh, it was nice. I, uh, it was nice. I think it surprised me at first because it seemed quite complex. And the more I drank it, the less I liked it, I think. Okay. Um, um, it was a, it, it became a little like almost sickly to me towards the end. I think it, got, it was a little too like you said about the sweetness. I think maybe it's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit cloying. It's a little cloying. Yeah, it's I wanted to say a little bit more crisp, a little bit more like you know biting. Yeah, just to like get me through. It was a little like. Eh. I think I think it was better carbonated. It yeah. would have helped with the cloying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sticks around a little bit. It's like. Eh. Um, it's almost like you're getting the the cognac or the scotch or the whiskey without the proper bite and the mellowness of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so I, th I mean, it was alright. I mean, to what I imagine, the majority of the other beers are they have here. I'm sure it, it, you know it's good. But we said before when we we get spoiled here, we've had so many cool beers. Yeah. That this was like oh, to most people that drink beers at BJ's that they like have this specification, they're like oh my god. But it, you know, right. It's a little like uh, pedestrian, I guess. It was alright. I mean, I don't think I'd ever order another one. Personally. Yeah. No. I mean, it wasn't really why? my kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's Richard Boyne. I kind of prefer something a little bit more. You know, you need to earn that cloyness. Right. If you're gonna have that, it needs to have a little something extra, something quite interesting, and it was kind of a bit standard. This reminds me of by um, River Horse Brewing, uh -huh. and they have the triple Belgian ale. Uh, okay. This reminds me of it, yeah. and that's also like an 11%, yeah. but that one is much more complex, yeah. has better carbonation, and you walk away feeling like, wow, like I said, that one is like two, two of those, yeah. That's a good night. It's like, all right, I'm yeah. having these and relax. If this was, yeah, if this was more covenant, like you're right, I think it would be, I'd feel more fondly about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe if it was from a bottle, maybe I'd like it a little more. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so yeah. what do you give it? Uh, I give it a 3.3. 3.3. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, that's quite frankly fair to me. Um, to me, it was basically, like you said, you covered it right. It's a little bit cloying without any, any, any uh, 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 reward for the cloying. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a little bit sweet. And initially, on the initial flavor, I was like, okay, that's not bad. But the more I drank it, it was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. It's, it's stodgy for me. It's right. It just kept on being the same sip. It, it almost would be like. It would almost have preferred it if it was less alcoholic. I think if it was like 7%, I'd probably prefer it. That extra like few percentages of alcohol was a bit unnecessary for what it was for me. I was like, eh. Yeah. It was just a little too... Because it's just, it's, it's alcoholic enough that I, would, I wouldn't get a second one for any reason. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, yeah. It just because I'm like, I have a second one and then I'm like, well, I can't really drive. I wouldn't feel comfortable driving after right, two right, of them. Right, 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 after two of them. But... There's no, you know, there's no need why would no. I do that. But if, if it was like seven percent, then I'd be like, yeah, I'd have a couple of them maybe. Yeah. But I'd no, it, it, no, you're right. It's, and like you said, we've had, and, and we talked about. I was talking to somebody about that the other day with the podcast, and we were saying the same thing. It's like we probably, I probably, we've probably tried over fifty different beers yeah. at this point, you know, and it's just, 
and we we've said it all along the scale is always changing yeah and if this was episode five oh yeah this would probably be like a 4.0 probably yeah but because of all the other beers that we've tried and and, and ciders and whatever i mean i put some of the ciders we've had over this yeah no me too I mean, every now and again, though, it works in favor that we've had so many because every now and again, something's different enough that it really surprises me. I'm like, oh, that was so different compared to like 50 other beers that it stands out to me. Right. But this just melts into the middle somewhere. There's nothing stands out amongst all the other 50 beers we've had. Right. It just is like a weird melding in the middle somewhere. Right. Which at this point is like, eh. Right. Like I said, this this is this to me reminds me of a a. Poor attempt at trying to be the the River Horse Triple M. Yeah, and that's what this feels to me. So yeah, I, I I would give this a to be honest a three four. Yeah, a three four. So I'm right there with you. And it's like they've the goal to say it's like limited availability, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, in a BJ's brew house, that how many of these are there? But compared to like an <laughs> elementary, when they say there's limited release, and yes. Because there's literally like, you know... One barrel, one barrel of, of the thing. Yeah. Whereas this is like, well, you know, we... No, we have loads of it, but... Right. Whatever, you know. Basically, we just... We have how much and we're not going to get any more of it until next year. And it, yeah, I mean... Is that a bad beer? It's not a terrible beer by any stretch of the imagination. But again, it's like you said... It's the 20th year of it. It's the 20th annual release of it. Right. It, weird, it's just, but... it's just, like I said, it just didn't live up to it. Yeah. Which, like I said, 3.3, 3. 3.4, 3. is is pretty much a, 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 a run-of-the-mill beer to me. It did not live up to having its own glass. No, the, right, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I said that early on, right? It's like, yeah. you, you better fucking crush this, but yeah. to have its own glass, this, this does not deserve its own glass. No. Like, like, what was it we had um, last year, I think, the 100th anniversary of the Guinness we uh, had, okay, yeah, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was like really like, oh yeah, this is a really nice, it was like a special release or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it was a really nice Guinness, yeah. especially considering like it was in the US. But yeah, this is a... Uh, There's an experimental Guinness place I want to try out. It's a... Uh... I don't know if you can get hold of beers, and it might be hard to find. But there's there's a brewery they opened up. It was like three or four years ago in the US, and it, and I didn't realise this because until this three or four years ago, the only Guinness brewery in the world was in Dublin uh, for the last ten years or so. Right. They, they opened up. It's outside somewhere. I want to say like Washington or Baltimore. It's up that way. Uh, it was another brewery, and they melted it. They start. They did a couple one-offs, I think, uh -huh. for Guinness, and then they they bought them outright. And it's now an experimental Guinness microbrewery. Hmm. And they make limited batch experimental Guinness offshoots. And they these crazy like hipster microbrewers that they make under the Guinness thing, Guinness OJ. Huh. And I was reading about something, they sound fascinating, like really cool, like, you know, like all these like smoked Guinnesses. And these weird... Is that where they came up with the American Blonde? Because Guinness released an American Blonde a few years ago yeah. that was really good. I don't. Maybe I don't think so though. I think okay. that predates it. Okay. okay. I think that predates it because uh, Guinness used to have a lager years ago. There was a Guinness lager. Okay. Uh, and I, so I don't think it was that, but this is slightly more recent, the last couple of years. But it okay. sounds mad. Like some of the, the stuff they have sounds really kind of in 
interesting. So I'd be curious to try that out. All right, so well, then let's summarize the movie. My friend, I told you the story. Yeah. I took copious notes, as you can see for yourself. <clears throat> yep. Um, what did you think is going on here? Uh, well. Go for it. I think what's going on here yeah. Yeah. is the entire creative part of this, the writer, the director, the producer, the editor, <laughs> are, are like four or five guys operating out of Mumbai who, who are called Paul, Ned, Brett and Chad and if you call them up on the phone they're like yes my name is Brett I am in Detroit <laughs> yes I am all American so what you're saying you think Verizon made this movie <laughs> <laughs> yes this is much like Verizon this was on their lunch break they came up with this and it's some sort of uh, weird Verizon-sponsored uh, employee enrichment uh, program where, where they put it together and, and basically went and made it. Verizon life took balance. all the money. Life balance. And they gave them like an extra, like you know, dollar bonus an hour. And they were like, "Well done, good job." So, so you think That's this was a life balance project for Verizon? I think so. Yeah. So, but the movie itself. Rob, a good American movie. <laughs> 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 Even your review is turning to shit, man. We gotta, we gotta retool the podcast now. <laughs> this is like turning into a joke now. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do I think is going on here? I think this movie is about one of the frat guys' grandfather. Uh-huh who killed 18 girls because he was trying to invent the new vibrator. Because, oh. you know, like, in the old days, the vibrator was literally like a bench that yeah. the women sat on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And the doctor who invented it, like, like did it because his hand was tired because women were just coming in just to get off because their men didn't, like, want to have sex with him for whatever godforsaken reason. So I think one of the frat boys, his grandfather lived in this house, accidentally killed 18 women, oh. and now the spirits of those 18 women... That's a big accident. It's <laughs> a big accident. I, I mean, I'll give you the first two. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm the judge, <laughs> I'll stop you right there. <laughs> I, I like the fact that I get two. Yeah, yeah. Look, anyone, anyone makes a mistake. Twice? Ooh, I mean, you're clumsy. <laughs> but really, once right. you get into that third. Well, my friend, I would love for you to be my judge in my sentencing. <laughs> Come on now, you're just having a couple of beers with his mates. And... It's, a, it's a big knife. <laughs> it's a big knife, right. And they were very close. And I think... <laughs> Uh, in order to appease the spirit, the kid in the bunny suit yeah. is eventually going to have to, I don't know, like cut off like 18 dicks and then just put them in a bag <laughs> and then go to the guy who's the head frat guy and literally have to tell him, eat a bag of dicks. And that's what's going on here. 
It's all about eating the bag of dicks. Sell them to 7-Eleven. They'll put them in their hot dog rollers. <laughs> Just rolling over. these drunk truckers. Rolling over and over again. <laughs> I'll take the uh, $2 big, big jumbo. I should, I, should, I, should probably, I should probably bring up a story. My wife was making fun of my hands the other day, my fingers, because I'm one of these giant palm, small sausage fingers kind of guy. Uh-huh. And so she said, what if she holds to my finger? She said the other day, oh, when I hold your finger like this, it kind of looks like a little penis is sticking out. <laughs> and then and I was like, what? And she's like, you're like Edward penis hands. And I was like, oh, that's... Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I've been married a long time, folks. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what this is all about. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so that's what's going on, I think. I, yeah, that sounds all right. And, oh, so when are you going back to the UK so we can let the listeners know? We're going to be on another break coming up soon. Uh, I'm going away on the uh, 20-something. Okay, you don't have to be specific, but we're going to probably miss a few weeks. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, folks, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying to get you in there. And limited we're going to release. Limited, like we are limited to release crew. like the Grand, grand crew. crew. But yeah, uh, uh, we're glad we were able to do another episode. We missed you guys. We hope you guys tune in and... and, and uh, 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 spread the word about our podcast. Yep. Um, yeah, this is 10%. I have to say, it does have a little bit of a kick. It does, yeah. At this point. But unfortunately, not as tasty a kick as it should have been. No. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye.